<laughs> All Dice Go to Jail is a funny, violent, possibly even a little sexy actual play RPG podcast in the style of the Dungeons and the Dragons, where four friends get transported to the board games they love. Take a seat at the table with me, Tom, who has a strange case of deja vu. Hi, my name is Forrest. I will be playing Radia Mark. I'm Brad. I will be playing uh, General Blue Galad Lightborn. I am Lana, and I'll be playing Fistful of Thorns. <laughs> Fistful. Blah, 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 blah. Shit. I'm Lana, and I will be playing. <sighs> Stop talking, Tom. <laughs> we do. That's my whole role. That's my whole role. Stop talking, Tom. That's that's my character's name. Uh, <laughs> I'm Lana. I'll be playing Fistful of Thorns. And I'm Tim. This isn't even my final form, Burns, the Dice Warden. Now, let's get rolling. Last time when we got together, the four generals found themselves sneaking away from their camps in order to secretly meet with each other to discuss what's been going on uh, with the four major kingdoms. As they sat down for their talks, uh, magical uh, strange happenings began, and they learned through uh, careful verbiage that their words could change the very reality uh, that they were experiencing. And now let's continue on with the story. So you find yourselves uh, sitting at the stone table uh, in this mostly colorless void. Uh, in front of you, the table has changed again to show the map of the land masses that you are familiar with. You can see spread throughout the land masses several small tents uh, that are relatively in the locations of your camps that you left them. Uh, there are buildings that are in the locations of the capital cities where you come from. And you can see throughout the continent on various roads, some smaller camps. You'll notice that some of these camps and uh, tents have little tufts of smoke coming from them. Along one edge of the map, the bar appears with the letters LP above it. On one end of the bar is the number zero. The other end is the number 10. And a small stone disc appears on the number zero. You hear a detached voice. There are many troubles throughout the land. As leaders of your people, it is up to you to show the way. As you settle the concerns, you will earn leadership points. Once you have gathered 10 points, you may call for the final challenge to claim victory. So it is now up to the four of you to decide if you would like to work together. Would you like to split into teams or do you want to work independently? I want to be on team blue. Because I'm feeling purpley. Because red and blue make 
purple. I'll be on anybody's team except for Tom. <laughs> Commandant Yavak does not agree with this. You could be on my team. Commandant, I guess you and I shall work together. Excellent. Purple is a very mellow color. So we're splitting into two teams? Yeah. The he, hims, and the they, thems. Sounds like a plan to me. Um, it's I will them versus have... us. <laughs> uh, I'll have each team, um, one member from each team, uh, roll for initiative. Were we rolling with a d20? Uh, yeah, let's go back to normal D&D uh, &D dice. I think it'll make a, a lot easier for this session. Okay. Um, my initiative is plus three. What is your initiative? Also a plus three. Cool. Which one of us has a better time with rolling dice? I don't know. Uh, green does. You know what? I'll I'll roll the dice to see what I get. Okay. I feel I feel pretty lucky. I rolled a six. Is that with your modifier? What modifier? <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a uh, twenty-one. Yay! It sounds like they are going first. And <laughs> can, can I give him my plus two initiative? I mean, no, you guys should have talked it out. Yeah. That's what I was doing. I was trying to do this without talking. I was like, I have a zero. And he's like, oh, just go. He's pointing at me. I'm like, all right, so I can't to lead, not to read. Team green and yellow or grello. I don't know what everyone calls yourself. Oh my god. Uh -huh. team, team Grotto. I don't know. Grotto. Oh There's no god. T though. It doesn't matter. Yelene? Either way. Midorian and Nauran Haro. So, uh, Generals Radia and Fistful of Thorns, you have the initiative, so you get to decide uh, which of the. Uh, the conflicts you would like to investigate first. So uh, you see there is um, a conflict marker. That's the little smoke uh, in the red camp. You see a conflict smoke uh, signal uh, near uh where the blue and green camps are camped, uh, signifying that it could have something to do with both. Uh, you see somewhere on the roads, there is, are two different villages that appear to have a conflict marker. Uh, you see uh, another one um, near the Slick Rise Marsh border with the Shifting Hills. It's hard to tell whether that is in yellow territory or if it is in black territory. And then there's another one uh, on a field uh, where you can see both orange and black members um, have some sort of conflict going on. 
which would you like to start at? Um, well, since it looks like it's in yellow's territory and they're yellow, I would go towards yellow first, if that's cool. Yeah. And... So as the both of you uh, agree that you'd want to investigate the conflict uh, marker that is uh, potentially in yellow territory, there's kind of a zooming, rushing feeling as if your faces are going forward as you zoom quickly into the map and you find yourselves standing outside a building. This building looks like it was I'll wait. Just a reminder, kids, this was filmed live. Uh, you see a building that looks like it was very quickly, haphazardly put together, one that was not made to be permanent, but it was also one that really didn't want to attract too much attention. Alrighty. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted by cat. I had a kitty. Mandatory feline break. She will roll the nice. dice for me. You're gonna roll the dice? She she's gonna kitty. Oh the cat is. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um So what would you two like to do? Um, does it sound like there's anything inside this haphazard house? I mean, there are things moving around inside. You hear very um, quiet shuffling. It uh, doesn't seem to have any sort of, like, insistence or direction. Um, Forrest, I sent you something on Messenger. All right. This is going to pertain uh, specifically to... Uh, your character, which is why I sent it to you. Okay. So what do you two like to do? Well, because it sounds like they're shuffling. They're either really old people or they're zombies, which neither can be trusted. So... Um, this full of thorns. I I don't think we should bother ourselves with this building for the time being. There are more pressing matters than just some whatever is in there. Well, is that the conflict? Like, where... Then where's the conflict here? You would know from when you chose to do the investigation that this is taking you to conflict points, so you could assume um, it is somewhere near here. Okay. Um, look around for the smoke, I guess? If it's still smoke down here that is telling us it's the conflict? So... Uh, when you get there, there's not real smoke. Uh, when I say the the smoke markers, think of like in a video or an, on a board game where you would put little token markers for points of interest. Okay. 
so that's just telling you that those were the points of interest were and when you decided that this was what you wanted to investigate imagine this kind of like a zoom in type thing so you're not really going to see that marker okay uh well like with a board game is there like a card that we can read um as to what this conflict is and what we need to roll to figure it out <laughs> um none that you see okay uh radia um so if it's not this house what what, what is it what what do we well we're gonna be here because again might not want to bother whatever's in there for now should try another place on the map. Wait, you want us to zoom back out? Yes, we'll just keep this in mind. Just in case we don't find anything else, we can come back. Are you sure? Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't we? Well, it already zoomed us in, so that's why I'm like thinking this is the thing. Um, oh, I was speaking in character that whole entire time. <laughs> I'm still in character. I'm sorry. I thought you were doing the voice. If I'm not in character, I, I do this, the, the hand thing. I'm, oh, not, okay. I'm a moose, half a moose. I'm half a moose. <laughs> Make all the boy moose go. <laughs> I know what you're referencing. Yeah. Viewers, if you don't know, you're too young. <laughs> or Tim. Or or Tim. Or you're Tim. Or too old. Or too old. Wow. That was uh, a supernaturally strong attack upon my person. Hey, we just know that anytime it comes to pop culture, we get to roll with advantage. So what's the decision? I wanna, I wanna, like, are there windows at this haphazard house? No. Just a, just a closed doorway. That's not helpful. It's almost like people didn't want it to be seen or uh, people didn't want to be bothered. I still think that the, the, this house is the is the thing we're we're looking for. This is this is all right. I don't. I, is there anything else around, like a shack or like a cave? No, you're pretty close to the edge of the slickerized marsh, um, so that you could veer off into the marsh, um, but uh, there's no other buildings nearby. Okay. Um, then yeah, Radia would just be like, I mean, if you, if you have the gumption to disturb whatever is in there, then by all means, but I say we leave it alone for now. See if there's anything else around. And I mean, they sound like zombies. 
we could just light the thing on fire from the outside and murder them that way. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we could. Are they zombies? Is that why you don't want to figure out what's going on with like I literally picked yellow because you're the ye the yellow general. No, I know. Mm. I think it's because it's almost sad. You know what? Let's give them a a good goodbye and maybe just torch them. Okay, I'm gonna knock on the door, and if they sound like zombies, we'll set it on fire. Okay? Sounds good. Okay. I, as fistful of thorns, I go and knock on the door. Wah! Yeah. <laughs> so you pound on the door, and there is a slight pause. And then I'm going to need you to make a dexterity save, Fistful of Thorns. Okay. Eleven. All right. Uh, after the pause, you get just the slightest uh, inkling of a creak as the hinges start to move, and you step back just in time for the door to fly off the hinges and uh, as you expected a zombie lunge through the doorway I will have the two of you uh, roll for initiative okay sounds good uh, dirty 20 Seven. All right. So Radia has the initiative. You see the zombie just fling the door open, lunge towards the two of you. Fistful of Thorns gets out of the way just in time. What do you do? Um, I'm going to cast, like we promised, she's going to cast a firebolt. Okay. So, gonna roll. Does a 18 hit? It slams into the zombie's body. Awesome. I need to get two d10s, which I'll just get a d10 and a percentile. Sure. Keep hitting my mic. I apologize. <laughs> I'm trying not to. There we go. Ah, where are you going? That is a eleven points of damage. All right. The fire slams into the zombie. Does some pretty good burning. And, Why did uh, I pull that away? <laughs> and it, uh, nope, I guess Fistful of Thorns is the closest. So it's going to swing at Fistful of Thorns with its uh, slam attack. Uh, 24. Um, yes, you hit. Fantastic. Uh, it's going to do four bludgeoning damage. 
and you can feel the coldness of its skin leech into you for another four necrotic damage on top of that. Okay. So it's eight damage total. It's right in front of you, Fistful of Thorns, and it hit you. What would you like to do? Um, before I roll, uh, does using my fist count as melee? Yes, if you're punching it. Okay, yeah. Cool. Um... So I have I have two attacks and then my that doesn't seem high enough. Okay, never mind. It did something different in in D D than it did in Pathfinder that I remember. Sorry, I had to read. Uh okay, I'm gonna do my first attack and i'm also going to pay a key point to do my flurry of blows so i'm gonna do my first attack yep does a dirty 20 hit it slams right into the shoulder of the zombie cool four damage Okay. And then my flurry of blows. How many attacks do you get with your flurry at this point? Two more. All right. What does it look like when you do a flurry? Um. So I so I punched the zombie with my first attack, and then when I do uh, the flurry part, um, I. Uh, I, I hit them again with a, another one, two. So it's cra and then one, two. Nice. Uh, 13 or 12 hit? No. Damn it. You uh, launch your initial attack, and then you move right into uh, your flurry, and it appears that the uh, reflexes of the zombie are so slow that it doesn't move in the way you expected, and so your normal uh, follow-up of blows just doesn't seem to connect. Okay. Attack number two. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to kick it. Eighteen. That uh, kick definitely finds a uh, zombie flesh. I guess. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> so, eight points of damage. All right. Uh, this zombie uh, is definitely looking very beat up. Cool. I'm gonna spend another key point and do further flurry of blows. Are you able to do it that many times? It says after making an attack action. Right, but I thought there was a limit to the number of key points you could spend in a turn. 
I could be wrong. I'm not 100% uh, familiar with monks. You can spend multiple a turn. All right. Go for yeah. it, then. Cool. Spending my second key point. Bang, bang. Does a 15 hit? Uh, you do make contact with that one. Sweet. Okay, the other one misses. Um, seven points of damage. Okay. And because I hit with uh, my flurry of blows, they have to succeed on a dexterity saving throw or get knocked over. DC. Oh, it just says dexterity saving throw. That's not helpful. Um. So usually it's eight plus your ability modifier plus your proficiency modifier. Oh, okay. Um, usually. So eight plus six is 14. Okay. Uh, it takes a, a step back and catches its balance. So it, it almost uh, basically I rolled a fourteen on the die. It just barely met the uh, the number needed. Okay. Um, I can close one of the oh one of the following effects. Uh, and it can't take any reactions until the end of my next turn. Okay. But that's whether or not it that that one is imposed upon it whether or not it did the saving throw okay um so i'm looking at flurry of blows uh i'm not going to change how things go but your flurry of blows is a bonus action and you only get one bonus action around so technically you can only flurry once okay but that's fine i'm not going to undo what you just did um because i didn't have that information in front of me when i made the ruling but going forward going forward yeah okay but i'm still taking two key points off of my all right so between the two of you, the surprise attack from the zombie and then your quick combinations of, of spells and blows, this zombie is looking like it's ready to fall apart. It is the top of the round and up to Radia to decide what to do next. So Radia is going to look at the zombie, just look at it up and down, and is going to use acid arrow at it. Okay. Uh, does a 19 hit? That acid arrow slams right into the zombie. Awesome. Five. Ten. 10 total? Yes, 10 total. All right. Uh, as the acid slams into the zombie, you can see parts of its flesh and clothing start to melt away, making it look fairly uh, unrecognizable as it crumples to a heap at the ground. So you two have successfully defeated the zombie. We're going to pause this storyline and we're going to uh, head back 
to the blue and red generals and let them decide what they're going to do. And then we'll come back to you too. So, Galad and Yakov, your options. There's the uh, conflict marker in the red camp. There's a conflict marker uh, near some random small village. Uh, there's actually two different villages that have something like that. You see a conflict marker uh, somewhere near what appears to be an amassing uh, army of both the orange and the black armies. And then you see what appears to be a conflict marker somewhere near uh, what appears to be the, uh, I guess, not exactly territorial line, but the line between where the blue camp and the green camps currently are. Yakov, what do you think of uh, resolving the conflicts within the red camp first? If you're responding, Yakov, you're muted. Honestly, it's probably once again, <laughs> someone complaining in the chow line. Well, then it should be a quick fix. Then fix uh, it, we shall. We shall go to the red camp. All right. There's again another rushing and zooming in the two of you as you just kind of like focus zoom right in uh, and you find yourselves in the red camp. And you can see there are uh, soldiers who are sharpening weapons, uh, making sure quivers are fully loaded, checking bowstrings. There's this air of uh, anticipation uh, throughout the camp that the two of you can, uh, seasoned generals, recognize. These are restless soldiers. They are looking for something to do. And you are quite certain that being in the proximity of the three other armies, that they are looking to start some form of attack. So we're going to enter into a skills challenge where the two of you are going to have to figure out a way to calm everybody's emotions and uh, return to a state of readiness, not necessarily a state of preparedness. Or maybe that's the other way around. Preparedness, not readiness. So... Enter the skills challenge. Uh, in order for this to be successful, uh, between the two of you, I'm going to need um, three successes each before I get two failures each. Okay. So how do you two want to do this? Since it's technically not really a, a combat encounter, I'll let you guys decide um, in terms of initiative who's going first and what you're going to do. Home field advantage. All right. You have at it, man. First and foremost, I walk on site and, say, and uh, slap the closest person and uh, announce general on deck. Anything happen? They, I mean, they, they, appear to be excited to see the general and they are 
giving shouts of uh, support and uh, encouragement, letting you know that they're ready for action, uh, just waiting for the word to be given. And you can see them uh, definitely preparing to attack. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start walking through the encampment. Mm -hmm. More than likely to wherever their captain or lieutenant or whoever is the one in charge. Mm -hmm. uh, for our listeners, for clarification, I was in the Navy, so try and remember Army rank sucks. <laughs> I'm a civilian, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the proper uh, names anyway. More than likely it would be a colonel. Um, All right. But you could leave it to a lieutenant. Um, so I'm going to start walking through the encampment, just starting to meet the men and figure mm -hmm. stuff out. And uh, I would like to go up to the uh, whoever's in charge, more than likely a lieutenant or a colonel. Mm -hmm. And I want to insight on him uh, why exactly my camp looks in the order in, or in the disarray that it does and what is it he's doing for morale okay so i'm gonna set this as a dc 16. i'll allow it Hold on, I'm just checking something. Sure. Permission is take my inspiration from my other character sheet and use it on this one. Uh, everyone has inspiration on on this sheet. I'm a big fan of of starting a, a session or at least a chapter with inspiration. So you can spend your inspiration point through all that. I feel inspired. Fantastic. Now I got to get back to the other sheet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will insight with 18. All right. So uh, you approach the, uh, we'll say, lieutenant that you left in charge of the camp while you were gone. Uh, you uh, attempt to ascertain what he has been doing. And at first, uh, you can't really seem to get a good read on him. And then that's when you remember to put on your general pants and you stiffen your shoulders and you stand up straight looking every uh, bit of commanding officer that you are. And you can see that the lieutenant that you put in charge uh, has done a fairly decent job of keeping the soldiers uh, busy, giving them things to do. Unfortunately, the, he is also relatively inexperienced, and while he has given them things to do, he has not necessarily uh, redirected that energy from being ready to attack to the normal everyday, day-to-day -day things of the camp to distract a, a bored soldier. And we will give that one success for Commandant Yakov. Uh, for note, I am going to stare this piss ant in the eye until my next turn. All right. In disgust. 
All right. Uh, General Galad, you find yourself in Red Camp around many soldiers who are preparing to do what you can only assume to be violence. You've had treaties with the Red Camp in the past. You've had skirmishes with the Red Camp in the past. Either way, this is decidedly not friendly territory. And you must try to find a way to help calm them down. What do you do? Okay. Um, so Galad is going to uh, going to be discussing with uh, Commandant Jakov about um, the the history of what of the different things that have happened um, in regards to the the triumphs and the failures of both the blue and the red, um, the the battles that have been, the great battles that have been won by blue, the great battles that have been won by red, and all of the great, um, uh, the conflicts that have come about and the, the prowess that it took for everybody to work toward their, for the individual victories. And, but I'm going to be discussing it louder than I would normally if I were to just be talking with the commandant I would be talking out just a lot louder so that everybody could hear me discuss the the great strengths of the red army throughout history sounds good so I'm assuming this is a knowledge history yes roll it up he's real good DC uh, is 17. 17. all right uh, with a 17, as you recount the uh, storied history of the Red Army itself and its relationship with the Blue Army, you find a number of soldiers seem to be appreciative that you can recognize their strength and their accomplishments, despite the fact that you don't always seem uh, eye to eye. And you see some of them start to slow down. Uh, with their uh, preparations, and you even hear the odd, uh, remember when, as they start telling some stories of their own. And we'll mark down another success, this time in your column. Commandant, Hello. you notice that your uh, companion, the Blue General, is starting to find ways to uh, quell your men. What do you do? <laughs> I come out and I, I boisterously and jovially enjoy the, the, the retelling of our great wars and our great defeats. Even in defeat, we win and we learn and we get stronger. <clears throat> but alas, I must have, I must fix the morale of the camp. I say, men. And women, because I'm progressive, damn it. I am quite pleased with the vast majority of you, but I see that we have problems here. The problem being that of our new friend here, our new friend, the, the lieutenant. Sadly, I hired, I put him on because. Well, I knew his brother, sister's brother's uncle, cousin that was twice removed, former roommate. So what does that make us? Nothing. 
It was a nepotism hire. So what I'd like to do is just for fun, let's have target practice. So what skill do you want to use? I would like to use Arcana. Okay. And top that off pretty much with an actual attack. Uh, and I'm going to do a 300-foot Eldritch Blast and shoot a dagger off his head. So... I'm going to set this DC a little bit higher. I'm going to make this an 18 solely because you admitted it was nepotism higher or nepotism appointment but it means we're absolutely not <laughs> okay switching dice switching dice it is so for this you want me to use my uh Arcana skill, correct? Not my uh, right. You're using okay. Yep, because you're using Arcana as your skill in an attempt to, uh, ping. yeah, to ping that little target off. Yep, I'm William telling this dude. That is an eighteen on the dot. All right, so you. Uh, focus all your arcane knowledge uh, to form uh, a what you would consider to be a friendly, safe uh, Eldritch Blast uh, as you, William Tell, this, uh, you said it was a little fork? A dagger. Uh, oh, dagger, that's right. So you, William Tell, this dagger uh, off the... Uh, the lieutenant whom you were displeased with and you come close enough to uh giving him a haircut with the eldritch blast that the troops who saw uh think that this was all part of the show and there's some cheers and there's some shouts uh there's even a one or two i can do better than that and you see the men start to refocus uh instead of talking about um getting ready to attack they're talking about who has the best aim and you see some start to set up targets. And we'll uh, mark. I, I would like to hold on if I can, if I may remind them why I'm the fucking commandant and I'd like to use hellish rebuke and shoot the, shoot them right by their feet and tell them to save it for the battlefield. I mean, you're currently trying to convince them not to go to the field of battle. Right. I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to get camaraderie in the camp to keep it in the camp and not get them. Right. That's, I mean, you were successful. That's right. what you're doing. So instead of them focusing on attacking, they're focusing on uh, this camaraderie and this one-upmanship and shows of challenge and strength of the Red Army. And they're setting up targets to stay inside the camp. Don't want them to use it all up in case we have to go anywhere. Okay. Um, I guess that kind of makes sense. So, yeah, go ahead. Um, 
you know, I mean, that's another, that's a spell slot. So you see them preparing to uh, start their target practice and a little blast of fire appears uh, in front of one of the targets consuming an arrow that was shot and the troops uh, all seem to get the message uh, to uh, not go overboard as they prepare. Thank you. All right. Glad. This is back to you. Okay. This character has significantly fewer skills to use. <laughs> <laughs> and strengths of skills uh, compared to Alan. And that's out of character statement. <laughs> um <laughs> you guys don't even want to see what my sheet looks like. It's nasty. So feral tiefling warlock sorcerer. Oh God! So, um, commandant, thank you. Galad will uh, take some time with some of the men. Um, you know, some of the uh, more rank and file, and uh, maybe sit down with them um, and step away from commandant for a bit because he's kind of wondering if he's got a screw loose. Um, and, uh, you know, and he's going to um, just discuss, uh, you know, building off of the history that he was just discussed, uh, you know, talking about earlier. Um, Galad will... Um, He'll lean more into the uh, some of the heroic tellings of the heroes of the Red Army that have come about. You know, when um, the great Maximus of the Red Army uh, had slain Decimus uh, from the Blue Army, and um, and he's going to uh, persuade them that uh, they're you know that they are a a great force to be reckoned with and. Uh, Blue appreciates and understands that. Um, because you gave me specific names in this, I'm going to make this a little bit easier. This is going to be uh, DC 14 on that check. So I like the world building. All right. Um, that's a 21, 17 on the die. Through your... Uh, tellings of specific stories that they can all relate to. These are stories that have passed down uh, through the ages. You see a greater uh, appreciation start to form in all the men as they realize that despite the fact that you come from different tribes and uh, different armies, that you have similar stories bound by your shared history. And so it seems uh, that your uh, methods are taking hold. So that is another success. 
So both of you have two successes and no failures. So let's see if we can round it up on this turn. Commandant. The men are seemingly bending to uh, your will uh, as you move throughout the army and uh, say and do the things that you are known for. Uh, my blue friend used his history check already, correct, in this recent turn? Yeah, uh, this one was a persuasion. Excellent. I will then back it up and follow such with a history lesson as well. Um, extolling uh, the virtues of the reason why the Red Army is so strong and why we are some of the most feared in the land, and why the Black Army bends their knee to us. Um, we're going to make that a 16. That As you wish. Relatively. 18. Fantastic. As you tell your story, and you... It's a song. Oh. You sing. Oh, I did, I did, I did, I did, I did, I did, I Oh, we started a war. Yes, we really did us win. And then the black guys came on in, and now we really win. We were the strongest all round in every land. And if you don't agree, we slay you once again. Oh, die, 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 die. The men join in the chorus of a very familiar uh, song, and you can see that they are now less focused on uh, preparing to attack others uh, as they. Uh, remember the good times. General Galad, it's your turn. I'm sorry, man. Um, how the fuck do I keep up with that? I mean, all right. Um, got performance too, or did you leave it on your other character sheet? <laughs> As I said, significantly fewer skills to choose from on this character, and only one of them's good, and it, none of them are great. <laughs> All right. Um, I am just. I'm going to listen to the song and um, try to take in their version of the song. Um, I don't remember it quite that way. But I am listening and I'm learning more about how the uh, how the the Reds see this side of of this song and how it's it, there's just um, the same song the, the blue the blue camp has a similar song but it doesn't quite sound exactly the same so la di da di da di da di da di da di da um the lyrics being different um so i'm just taking this one in and listening and um as i hear more and more of it i will start singing along with it i guess okay. so i'm listening to the newer to this version uh perceiving um how red sees this uh how the red army 
Okay, so you you want to do this as a perception? Yes. Then? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're trying to understand how that goes. That's fine. Um, I'm gonna say because uh, you did admit that the, the lyrics are somewhat different. Um, this one's gonna be a little bit higher. This will be a 16. Okay. Uh, I am going to use my inspiration. Sounds like a plan. Why oh, did I did I did I did I did I did I? And that's no better. That's a fail. All right. So you, you can't quite uh, get the hang of the lyrics. You do try. Um, the soldiers do seem somewhat amused at you trying and failing. Uh, some are a little bit annoyed that you uh, are changing the lyrics to a song that they know so well. So we'll mark that down as a failure. All right, Commandant. Can, Come you, can you get that last success? And now that I have everybody all riled up and having a good time, I just want to take a, uh, take a moment. And I want to thank everybody. And I would like to... Ask them to take their daggers and take a knee and let's pray to the god of war. Religion. But now you're picking up from what I'm putting down. We're gonna uh, make this a solid 15. Depends which voice actor. That is a 13 plus 6. The Soldiers, almost in unison, uh, begin to recite the uh, standard prayer that is often said, um, preparation before uh, the army moves out and prepares for an engagement, as they uh, ask for fair blessings and for strength and for chances to show honor and valor on the field. Uh, that will be the last success. Um, the two of you feel this rushing as it, you zoom backwards and find yourselves sitting at the board again. And you can see the stone that is on the zero for LP slides over two squares, or I should say two spaces, and the number two lights up uh, where it is. And now we're going to cut back to Generals Radia and Fistful of Thorns. And you can feel uh, as that zombie crashes to the ground and starts to melt that there is an alleviation of uh, conflict, though you feel uh, deep inside of you that that has not completely resolved itself, that there is potentially more to be done here. Are there more zombies? None that you see, although uh, you, the door is open and you are more than welcome to uh, venture inside if you like. I say we just burn the place up and just be done with it. Well, if this was the only zombie, maybe there's some papers or 
something in here. Like, we're hopefully not a. What's the floor? What's the floor look like in the haphazardly built house? You peer through the uh, doorway. Uh, it's a stone floor, and you can see that there is mark. There are markings on the floor that you can immediately determine are of an arcane nature. But uh, beyond that, without further entering the building and investigating, you won't be able to tell. Okay. Um... Well, there's odd markings in here. Uh, what do you make of them? Uh, she'll look at the odd markings. Um, <clears throat> they look like arcane markings. Um, definitely someone is uh, trying to uh, create magic. But I don't think that, that zombie was no accident, though it is much to my own distaste. Messing with life and death itself, despicable. Like I said, we should just burn this place down. It's an eyesore. To stop whoever's doing this, obviously it's causing some conflict. Perhaps the building itself. Well, if the zombie wasn't a mistake, what's stopping them from haphazardly building a house again? We just burned the plants that are inside. They wouldn't be able to do much with whatever would be left from the aftermath. I mean, they didn't do very much with what was here to begin with. I'm using the wrong voice. I'm just now realizing. <laughs> I'm using the wrong voice. That is a voice for a different character than I do. <laughs> That's okay. I use the same voice for every character. <laughs> you're the DM. You're allowed to do that. I'm a voice actor. I have standards. Ouch. Oh, I feel attacked. <laughs> Look, I can use Firebolt. Then we can be done with this and just go back to the others. And. But you already used Firebolt. Don't you have Fireball? A... I don't. I'm not a wizard. I'm an artificer. I am oh. a woman of science. I thought all magic users eventually got Fireball. Well, That's I'm not there yet, if I do. And besides, it's a cantrip. It doesn't cost me anything. Okay. My cantrip also doesn't cost me anything. So she'll take that okay, and she's like, alright. And we'll shoot as powerful of a fireball as she can on the inside to start burning everything. Um, you 
shoot your firebolts inside and uh, they seemingly strike some things that are flammable and uh, slowly uh, but surely a fire starts to grow and uh, eventually the building is engulfed in flames and as you see the building engulf and begin to collapse in on itself the two of you feel yourselves rushing and zooming back and find yourselves sitting at the table again with the uh, blue general and red commandant and you see the uh, LP bar already has two points on it you see it slide over two more points Yay. and the number four is now lit up right where that is nice and you can uh you you can tell that the conflict uh is resolved see what i tell you i saw well done generals of course I'm gonna lean over to. I'm gonna lean over to Red and be like, "Took him long enough." Just because you end faster than us does not mean we did not have a better time than you. Actually, it was nice and quiet for once. I think I'm getting really bored. Let's all just team up, and then we can figure out how to get it to ten. So well, there's four I would us. appreciate the dead silence as as blue would uh blue looks over at yellow. Did he do that the whole time? Yes. So she'll the, just smile and laugh. So I guess if you guys want to decide to uh, team up to investigate the next conflict, uh, you're more than welcome to. Uh, Forrest, I sent you another message. All right. Did you want to team up again? Did you want to split up again? What's the next move? There are four more uh, signs of areas of conflict. I thought you were a warlock commandant, not an bardic eldritch horror. I am a leader of men. Damn it. And women. I'm progressive. <laughs> oh, joy is joy. Oh, he's no, we don't talk. Hold on. We do not talk about my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? So the remaining areas of conflict, there are two random villages uh, spread in throughout the land that seem to have conflicts on them. And then there is another that appears to be somewhere along the border of blue and green camps. And then you see another, uh, there appears to be uh, an actual fight uh, involving the orange and the blue armies. Why are there two conflicts for blue? Sorry, orange and black. Okay. Thank you. I misspoke. 
So, well, General Glad, since this is uh, our armies, did you want to go here? Um, which one? The blue? Green and blue? Yes. Let's do that. All right. uh, is, is it just the two of you? Is it all four? It's the two of us, unless anybody else speaks up. <laughs> well, we seem up, to I go... speak. Hmm? Up, I speak. Okay. So you would like to accompany them? Shotgun. Nine millimeter. Fireball. Okay, so the four of you agree... I'll show you how to throw a real fireball, yellow. That the next uh, area of interest you'd like to tackle is in the blue and green camps. So again... There's the rushing, zooming sensation as uh, you fly forward into the game itself, and you find yourselves uh, in uh, right on the border of the makeshift camps for both blue and green. And you can hear, uh, ascertain from conversations that are going on and from the way people are moving that members of the blue camp uh, are accusing members of the green camp of being too close, potentially even crossing this imaginary border uh, for whatever reasons uh, most likely to gain intel or maybe to sabotage things going on in the blue camp. And in the green camp, you can hear similar grumblings and goings-ons as if um, this time the blue is the aggressor and it is up to the four of you to uh, prevent uh, outright hostilities. So we're going into another skills challenge. Woo! Yay! Yeah. And uh, we're going to say, just to make things a, a little bit faster, uh, we're going to say two successes per person total. Uh, we'll get a success across the board. The four we get... Um, so Commandant. Yeah. That burning sensation that you got from your second ex-wife is not a fireball, just so you're clear. The only thing that burns for me is you. Aww. So, I will let the overview <laughs> decide. I will let the four of you decide your initiative order. Um, uh, what are my skills on this character? I don't know. I made them for fisting. <laughs> That's skill. Made mine for stabbing. Less a skill. Sometimes a necessity. I made mine for fear. I made mine to be smart. It's uh, Marty. How no. much is your intimidation? <laughs> One. Ha! Ah, my intimidation's two. <laughs> I'm scarier. <laughs> I'm magically and, scary. And the... Again, please scroll up. Spell monkey. Yeah, I saw. I saw your spell monkey. 
must be soft My spells tail. don't run out. <laughs> Who would like to go first? Uh, I'm going to use that uh, intimidation thing um, okay. to get, yeah, to, to scare them into, into, uh, yeah, to do what my brain just did and stop thinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> scare them into inaction. <laughs> Yeah, scare um, them into inaction. Are you attempting to scare members of the blue army or members of the green army? Yes. Okay. Um, since we're doing mixed, I'm going to make this a DC 15 intimidation. Okay. As you attempt to make yourself the biggest threat there. Sweet. I got a 15 on the die, so that's 17. All right. So uh, you four show up, you see what's going on, and Fistful of Thorns immediately attempts to assert herself as the biggest threat in the area, which uh, has the intended effect on your fellow members of the Green Army of recognizing that might is right and they start to appear to defer to see what it is that you are going to do as you are now immediately the most dangerous thing that they can perceive and members of the blue army are going to see this show of fierce determination and it's going to give them a little bit of a pause if it's really something that they need to pursue uh, as far as this argument goes though they haven't quite given up on things yet this character doesn't have pause. They're a half work. <laughs> uh, I would like to go next uh, as Galad, and um, I will follow along behind uh, General Fistful of Thorns, and I will be um, also attempting to persuade them um, that this is not a fight that we need to have right now. We are here to try to. Uh, resolve many of the conflicts not to start yet another one all right uh this will also be a dc 15 on your persuasion oh gosh yes <laughs> <laughs> i rolled an 11 i got 15 <laughs> so we're going to mark that as a success and um the members of the blue army as always recognize the voice of reason and uh, negotiation that you have presented yourself to be and so uh, more of them are starting to look to you to follow uh, what you are saying while they have not uh, completely abandoned uh, their complaints of the uh, uncouth uh, members of the green army who have no sense of manners um, they are uh, listening to what you are saying and as far as the members of the green army uh, they are reminded uh, that the blue army values words as well as shows of strength and uh, it has become as clear to them that you are 
the greatest threat of the blue army, much in the same way that the Fistful of Thorns is the greatest threat in the green army. And so they kind of pause as they try to figure out what it is the best way to respond. I'll go next. All right. Damn it, I wanted to go next. Oh, uh, she spoke faster. I know. All right, we're I was in the middle assaulting of... them with puns. Are we in the middle <laughs> of a field, you said? Um, it's more like the encampments. Um, uh, think of it as the, the line between two camps. Okay, can I see a bug within like five feet of me? We're outdoors. It's summertime. Sure. Perfect. I want to target it with Sacred Flame and use an Arcana check and just put a huge frigging tower of light to distract everybody. All right. Um, this is, I mean, this, this is going to be DC, I'm going to say 16. It's going to be a little bit higher um, because this is clearly an attack, uh, yet you're trying to control it. Yeah, I'm not aiming it at any one of the encampments. It's just a bug. All right. Make your arcana. 16 How do you know a... that bug is yeah. not part of one of the armies, huh? Yeah, for all you know, it could have been a wild-shaped druid. We'll find out in a second. We are. 16. All right. Uh, no, 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 I didn't roll. I'm just double-checking. 16? Yes, yes, it's a DC 16. Sixteen question mark. Six plus nineteen. That's not sixteen. No, that that's not sixteen at all. Uh, as the armies uh, are voicing their complaints, they're getting restless. They're seeing the show of fear and awe and strength. There is. Uh, words, there's talking, and all of a sudden, there's a bright flash, and a, uh, a <gasps> buzzing insect all of a sudden uh, just ignites and disappears, and everyone is reminded of the skill and uh, control that is required in an army in order to prevent uh, things from going horribly wrong. Uh, they start to realize that they are losing that control. They are losing that focus. And so they uh, take another step to calm down uh, as you uh, gain another success in your attempt to uh, get them to stop what they're doing. Yellow General. Yeah. Radia, what do you do? Um, she's going to call out. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> uh, she's going to call out and talk about camaraderie and how they once worked together and recalled the history of their time and friendship and when things were good. Oh, I'm not singing. <laughs> um, 
this will also be a 16 simply because um, you are just, a, again, another member from a completely different army trying to uh, bring up past things where they were sometimes good and sometimes bad. So make that history. Uh, How do I math again? 14. No? 12. Tell us, tell us the numbers. Wait, 15. How do I math? <laughs> what did what did you roll on the die? <laughs> 15. And it's You're... a plus 7. Wait, you did a okay. It's a 15 plus 7? Yeah, so it's a 22. 22. 22. Which was not even one of the four numbers you shouted in the beginning. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Wow. Yeah, you Ladies just, and gentlemen, you just the New York you... education system. Excuse you, I am from Indiana. <laughs> Even worse. Um, <laughs> okay, you know what? I was going to make a joke about counting, but since we're like the 30th percentile in all of the modern countries as far as math goes, that's why we have to keep recounting everything because nobody understands math except the very few of us that, that do, and then all we get is 25 more cents above minimum wage when we work someplace. I can't math. That's why I'm a voice actor. <laughs> so you begin recanting stories uh, of the past with the combination of uh, Fistful of Thorns showing the Green Army why she is in charge and General Galad stepping forward and uh, with just a few words beginning to bring the blue army uh, back to the sound of reason and uh, Commandant Yakov reminding everyone of the the focus, the laser-like focus and attention that is needed. And you just bring all that in together to talk about how there are times when you must put aside arms and times when you must work together and you specifically remember when that has happened with the armies and you can feel and see the nod, head nodding and the agreement and the grumbles and, and the, everything is starting to calm itself and they're starting to, to look like they are ready to listen. So that is uh, one success from everybody. Everyone else needs one uh, one more success and we can consider this a... Uh, past challenge cool okay um since i went first i'm gonna go first again um yep. so i'm gonna be using my perception to kind of figure out where the invisible line is between the two camps um and then make them set up uh tables so that way they have to um eat meals together okay to so make your perception check Again, uh, DC, we're going to make this a 15. Sorry, I want to say that before. Cool, because I got a 16. Fantastic. So uh, with a quick and practiced eye of a soldier who has sent uh, many camps up and has uh, clearly defined where the edges of the camps are, you, with relative ease, pick out uh, this imaginary line, and you can see that there are camps, there are tents from both armies that are relatively close to, to this uh, line. And with a quick few words, uh, tables are brought 
been set in a way that uh, they clearly crossed that line. So if you were to sit at a table um, on one side, uh, you would be facing a member of a different army on the other side of the table. And uh, this seems to be a fair trade amongst the soldiers who are setting things up. General Glad, you are about to be out-diplomacied by Fistful of Thorns. Fistful of Thorn just took my freaking idea. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. When I get tired, I forget that I can read other people's minds. I stole it. Uh, I'm going to rely upon the, the shared history of blue and green. Um, building on... Radia um, was discussing earlier about the the times that blue and green have worked together um, and how they were able to resolve those conflicts. Uh, make your roll. This will be a DC 15. Oh, good. <laughs> That's a 12 plus 4, 16. All right. Um, you elaborate upon the stories that Radia tells. You uh, highlight areas where the green and blue have worked together uh, for the mutual benefit of both parties, downplaying any sorts of potential treachery that one side or the other may have committed. It happens. It's hard to say who was in the wrong, but the important thing is you are both right. We'll mark that down as another success. Commandant. It uh, appears that words are working. Do you have the actions to bring up the words? Yay! I have many actions. And that is what I'm concerned with. <laughs> For those that can't see what's being typed, Bradley said, words, not songs. No. Um, time of day. Nope, can't do that. Never mind. Okay. Because I already used history, or I already used Arcana, and I can't do it two times in a row. Correct. Nor can you use history. Or history, because B-Rad just did that. Agreed. Um, all right, blue and green. Green, I know, has better... Everything. Better fighters. Blue or more level-headed. Expert negotiators. Expert negotiators, I would also consider that they would possibly have clerics in their group. Would it be safe to assume? Yeah, I mean, 
Uh, every army's got a smattering of each things. There's just things that they're known better for. So there's definitely clerics. Just because my clerics. side calls them shamans instead of clerics doesn't mean we don't have them. Since I am on blue's better side right now, even though green and I have our frenemy relationship mm -hmm. outside of the table. I would like to go and introduce myself to the clerics on the blue team, on the blue uh, squad, and I would like to learn more about their religion. Okay. Um, since you were only dealing with one army, with an army that you and its leader have kind of a working professional relationship, uh, we're going to DC 14. Yeah, I got words. Two. Nine plus six. Fifteen. Squeaked it in. All right. So, uh, you are you go over to their clerics and you begin to engage in a theological discussion and uh, as you talk with them they are starting to realize that just because someone comes from a different army or background from them that it doesn't necessarily mean that your interactions need to be violent and uh, they do start to see that uh, conversations can happen. What, is it because I'm red? Yes. All right. Last, General Radia, can you get us that last success that we need? Hopefully. Uh, I'm going to use just a simple perception to see and make sure everything is going smoothly and to plan. Sure. And what DC must I beat? Um, since this is more of a check-in, I'm going to make this a DC 16 because it's more like a passive way of getting things through. All right, dirty 20. All right. So as you go around and you uh, check in with various members of the armies and try to take the temperature of, of the situation and the environment, you're realizing uh, that they are calming down and the various members of the armies can see that you are actively trying to assist and, and make sure that everyone's okay. And you definitely uh, get that sense of success. And all of you are going to feel that same rush of uh, completion as you zoom back into uh, your seats. And you'll see that it is going to go another uh, point up. So there are now five points on the LP track. But we got two for the first two, so we had four, and now we only had one off of this. Um, I'm confused. Uh, 
Hang on a second. No, you're right. It is supposed to be two points. Uh, I was looking at the wrong, um, wrong conflict. Not every conflict is worth the same amount. Okay. Sorry. I, I have them all jumbled on the same notes thing, and I was looking at, at a different one. So, you see that the, um, unless my math is wrong, uh, <laughs> you see that the number of conflict points are starting to fade. Um, you are uh, aware now of three more points of conflict. The two random villages, and then uh, another between the orange and the black armies. I jump through everybody, slam my hand down on where the black and orange shit is, and I'm just going to drop in and start blasting people. All right. Okay, I mean, bye. Is anyone going with him? I am. Since I've done this twice before and I'm familiar with the down, can I please uh, have ready upon hitting uh, my spell darkness? Yep. So uh, you you zoom in and you appear. Superior landing. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, unfortunately, That's no totally one can, bad on the knees. No one can. I was on mute. I wanted to chime in to, to join as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, unfortunately for you, as cool and epic as that superhero landing is, because you had prepared uh, your darkness to hit the instant you landed, no one is able to see it as uh, you are enveloped in a 20-foot radius of pure blackness. And there is sudden screaming of shock and awe of what's going on, I can't see. Uh, you can still hear that there are sounds of conflict and screaming uh, going on around you. And I know yellow went and I know blue went. So as the two of you zoom in, uh, expecting to see uh, whatever the source of conflict is, is, you are met with a sudden, immediate, and total blackness. Did Fistful of Four Inch go as well? I shake my head very vigorously, no. Okay. So there's three of you who have gone in. Um, did Fistful of Thorns want to investigate one of the other areas? Uh, give me a random village. Okay. So you're going to zoom in on a random village, uh, and I'll uh, come back to you in just a moment. I'm going to figure out what yellow and blue are going to do as they appear in total darkness so uh let's see yellow was the first one to announce that she was going with red so what do you do uh they're just enveloped in total darkness is what yeah, you everything said. is enveloped in total darkness yes do i see anyone else nope so it's just me myself and i you don't even see that this is pitch black you see nothing but blackness uh, she's gonna shoot off a firebolt into the air, or what she could assume is the air. Yep. 
So um, you relatively know where your head is. And so you just shoot a fireball um, straight up. You don't even see any bit of fire, but you are very familiar with this spell. You use it all the time. You know that it successfully was cast. We just don't see anything. And it oh, is that now can't be good. Blue's turn. Pitch blackness. And you hear uh, Radia say, oh, that can't be good. Um, not certain of what is happening. Um, I Could I per, uh, roll a perception or something to that effect to maybe understand what has happened or what is going on around me? Because I can't see my own Making uh, messages in front of me. A, more of an intelligence check than a perception. All right. That's a no. All right. You have no yeah. idea what's going on. It is pitch black. You can't even see your hands in front of your face, and you hear General Radia go, oh, that can't be good. <laughs> and I will draw my sword. Very well. Um, those are all very low numbers. None of you are struck by anything. All right, Commander Yakov, it is pitch black. I would like, if I may, to take uh -huh. you on a strange battlefield. Okay. I would like to take darkness and for schnitz and giggles, turn it into my shadow blade. Um, what spell is that? It's a warlock spell. I'm unfamiliar with Shadow Blade. You weave together threads of shadow to create a sword of solidified gloom in your hand. This magic sword lasts until the spell ends. It counts as a simple melee weapon, which you are proficient. It deals 2d8 psychic damage on a hit. It has finesse, light, and thrown properties. In addition, when you use the sword to attack a target in dim light or darkness, you make the attack roll with advantage. If I drop sure. the weapon or throw it, it dissipates at the end of turn. Thereafter, the spell persists. The spell is good for concentration up to one minute. Okay. That's what I needed to hear. Uh, the second you do that, your darkness spell fails. Because that is also a concentration spell. And all of a sudden, unannounced, the... Uh, those of you who are in complete darkness can see again. Uh, you're on the field of battle. You see uh, orange army fighting with black army. There are people of both sides injured. They're on the ground and standing uh, nearby. The two of you is Commandant Yakov holding a blade made entirely out of shadow. Dude, I got the dark saber. <laughs> Ah, oh, that was you. Should have known. It's a pretty cool uh, spell. That's it. I only got one attack, one, one uh, attack per action. So I'm just holding it and pulling the John Cusack, you know, holding it up above my head. 
So, General Radia, mm -hmm. it's your turn. All of a sudden, you can see again. Oh, why? And she'll look to uh, yes. com Commandant and goes, for what, for what purpose? For this show of a spell. Why? <laughs> this is why no one likes you. <laughs> right, I can see you laughing. <laughs> Stop talking. Is so. What are um have uh the black armies or the orange armies like taken note of us having arrived? Oh yes, yeah. so, so they they definitely see now that the three of you, not that the darkness is gone. Uh, neither, none of you are uh, known to be on their sides. I believe the, the black army has mostly allied itself with um, the red army, and the orange with green. If I remember previously. Mm-hmm. So uh, at least half of them perceive the red general as help and the others uh, don't perceive either one of you as allies. So what does Radia do? Uh, Radia is going hmm can i roll an intimidation check to try and silent like stop the fighting um go ahead uh we'll, we're gonna make this a dc 14 but it's going okay. to be made with disadvantage just because okay. of the sheer number of people in this area okay all right okay uh well luckily i beat the dc the first number was an 18 the next one was 16. okay so uh as you what do you do for intimidate? Do you draw a weapon? Do you uh, hold uh, again? Up? She'll what, what use does it look like? firebolt, shoot it in like the most powerful one that she can muster, shoot it up into the air, and yell enough. So, with a, a dazzling display of force and magical ability, you see everyone in the area uh, kind of take a step back and pause uh, as this bolt of fire gets launched into the sky. It is up to General uh, Galad to decide. What are you doing next? She'll just look at him and go, <laughs> <laughs> like, please. 
there seems to be a stand down currently, right? Or like a momentary. There's a moment's hesitation as they, uh, the three of you have appeared. Darkness was there. And then all of a sudden, the, the Commandant Yakov is wielding a, a blade made entirely out of shadows. General uh, uh, Radia has just launched this blast of magic into the air in a show of displeasure. And everyone is just kind of frozen uh, as they try to figure out w- just what to do next. This has been insane. Call out the leaders, just the leaders. Um, I, I'm going to take a moment to try to persuade the. The people who have who, that have our attention to stand down long enough for us to potentially try to resolve this before it gets any worse, before there's any more loss of life. Okay. Um, this will be uh, also D- this will be DC fifteen because of Radia's efforts. This is not made with disadvantage. Oh, okay. Wait, can, can, can we make it a 14 just because I look freaking cool? If you were intimidating, I would say yes. That's a fail. Oh, no. So as you, you sound so disappointed, DM. Well, I mean, I don't want you guys to fail. I want it to be interesting. Well, it makes this it interesting when I do fail. That is true. So uh, you attempt to try to bring a certain bit of level head headedness to everybody. And just because you are not seen as a current ally to either one of these armies, your words just seem to fall on deaf ears. Although they didn't attack you this turn, thanks to uh, the efforts of uh, the three of you working together. So Fair they're going to, they're going to hold their actions to see what happens next. Although you do find yourself surrounded. So not ideal, but also not the most terrible thing. Commandant. Question. Does it look like I can see both leaders of these men or women because they're progressive? Joke. Uh, <laughs> within 120 feet of myself. Oh, definitely. Cool. I'm going to use Guiding Bolt, twin it, and shoot it at the feet. So you're going to try to get their attention? Yep. All right. Uh, I guess make your two different attack rolls. That's how many sorcery points is that to to net? That would be. Please hold. It's been a while since I've had to do this. That's. I think it's two. I have three. I know that. Right. It's one per spell level. Okay. And guiding bolt is. Uh, first level. Okay. So you spend a sorcery point. Well, and I do 
Guiding Bolt, which is a 120 feet spell. Uh, so it's a plus four on that. Or am I doing an Arcana check? Is this a skill check or nope. are we? Okay. I mean, you're you're making this as an attack kind of to draw their attention. So a successful, so you're going to make an attack. Your target um, is going to be a, I'm going to say a 14. Uh, if you are successful, your guiding bolt hits the ground at their feet because you are not trying to hit them. If you fail, then your guiding bolt hits them. Yeah, yeah works either way. Hey, yellow. Yes. I need I need you to use use your your big sun voice when you're done with this. Okay. So make your first attack. First one is a ten. All right. Can I choose that one to hit the black one? Sure. Thank you. Second one is a 21. Okay. So uh, the first guiding bolt uh, goes right into the shins of the uh, black leader. Um, roll the damage that your guiding bolt would roll. Uh, and the other one hits the dirt right in front of the leader of the orange army. Can I do this with non-lethal? Or no, you can only do that with melee, can't you? Right. Shoot! And this is a first level spell. 4d6. Oof. 14. That's pretty good. Uh, the, uh, the bolt slams into uh, the leader and you are immediately perceived as an enemy by the black army as you attack their leader. Meh. So, uh, Radia? She's going to turn to Commandant and just be like, nice, nice going. Um, leaders of the orange and black, what brought this on? What brought this conflict? The uh, leaders of the uh, the leader of the black army is going to growl through pain and frustration that the those uh, Can I send healing word his way? <laughs> yeah, you could definitely do it. The those orange dogs have uh, encroached upon our territory and we are merely defending ourselves. All right, well, he gets a, excuse me. He gets eight uh, points of healing back. <laughs> um, as you talk with him and use your words to, to soothe the pain, um, it seems that he is uh, interested in in being heard. So, General Galad, you see that uh, Radia continues to try to use her 
her words to end the uh, the conflict. What do you wish to do? Um, the Oh, she's. It it seems I've... like they are on the cusp of talking things out, of putting down their arms, and you feel that just a a well placed uh, decision here can end this conflict. Um, forces of orange, forces of black, please. Take a moment to think about what you are doing. I understand the um, the potential for the potential encroachment may have happened, but as we have just done between the blue and the green armies, um, we can resolve this peacefully. Please take a moment. I'm gonna. Uh, Glad will take his sword and. Uh, hand still holding the hilt so he could pull it if he needs to but he's going to put it so that the tip rests in the ground um, and and he'll say please lay down your weapons so we can discuss this further um, make your persuasion uh, that's an 18 they see you drive your weapon not necessarily violently into the ground but you clearly place the the tip of it into the ground as you call for uh setting down of arms you call for talks and between the actions of the three of you you can see that they realize that despite the fact that none of you are from their armies that the three of you all uh care and that you are trying to reduce the amount of violence and, and bloodshed. So uh, we will call that success. The three of you will feel that rushing sensation as you go back towards the um, your seats in the table. Um, this is going to be worth one point as it does not specifically uh, pertain to any members of the, um, the, the, four of you. So at this point, I think it would be good uh, to take a break, uh, call the session done for the night, and then we can begin things right off with uh, uh, Lana and, and General Fistful of Thorns as she investigates this village. All right, all right, that's enough. Visiting hours are over. Time to lock up the naughty dice. Our theme song is Pickin' Our Dreams by Hector Cerquiera. We found him on snapmuse.com. Go and find more of his music and support him. We'd like to thank TikTok user Anne the Gnome for letting us use her homebrew rule, Deal with the Devil. She's an amazing DM. You need to find and support her work right now. Come back in two weeks for our next episode. In the meantime, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at All Dice Go to Jail. That's All Dice Go to Jail, one word, all lowercase. We'll be sharing mugshots of the dice in jail, artwork, Bad jokes, maybe even asking you fine folks for ideas and content we can put in the show. Who knows? Not me. I just tell the story. Thanks for listening, and remember, on a long enough timeline, all dice go to jail.